From the KDLT Weather Center and meteorologist Blaze Keller, we'll have 37 for the low tonight. Still have a few bit of wind advisory. Time to to get through until about 7 o'clock tonight, and then we'll have northwest wind 15 to 30 overnight. Maybe a sprinkle or two along with that as well. Sunny and 52 for tomorrow. Northwest wind will continue 25 to 35. Mostly clear 38 tomorrow night. And then sunny and 67 on Wednesday, 52 on Thursday. Sioux Falls now temperature 57 at Information 1000 KSOO. Bike helmet, tire pressure, radio pop app, check. Hop on your saddle for another 10K with Patrick Lally. Information 1000 KSOO. And it's 4.34 here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we're continuing our conversation with Myron Lee, with Myron Lee and the Caddies fame. And there it is, the the uh, Peter Rabbit. That was uh, that was a big hit for you, wasn't it? I tell you, that song uh, got us a lot of work for a lot of years. And I think you told me the story about this song. You didn't actually write it, did you? No, uh, I was playing a place called the Club Cabana down on Phillips Avenue, and uh, I always, when people came up to request songs, I always paid attention to the titles. Yeah. And uh, I had never heard this title, but after two or three requests, I thought I better find out about this song, and and uh, it ended up with a local guy named Tim Smith had written that song when he was in Vietnam. Oh wow! And. Uh, Anyway, I asked him if if I could do it, and he well, he said, "Of course." So anyway, we learned the song, and eventually went up to Minneapolis and recorded it. Wow! And it it did really well for you, and uh, uh, it's also been remade many times, hasn't it? Well, that was uh, that was a big hit for a group called DJ and the Runaways from down in uh, uh, near Okaboji, Iowa. In fact, they had they they charted with that song like up in the thirties. And they were on the Dick Clark television show because of that, that record. And it was written by, I didn't know the guy was from Sioux Falls. I did not know that until right now. I mean, you've told me that story about uh, how you found it, but not that he was a Sioux Falls guy. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Tim Smith. And so you guys, uh, and because you then owned the song, right? Didn't you own that song? Is that uh, how that worked? The copyright, yeah. Yeah. So when, when, the, when it charted, uh, you must have done okay with that too, even though it wasn't your band. Is that how did that work? Well, when you know, when another group, if you own the copyright uh, for every record that's sold, you get uh, two cents. That's all that works. <laughs> that's not bad <laughs> so, if it does really well, right? If it sells millions and millions, you know, you do pretty good on that. And uh, of course, then the publishing company, which was out of Minneapolis, they get another two cents. Yeah, everybody's getting their cut along the way, right? Yeah. So um, you uh, came up. You're, you're out there, and somehow you got hooked up with... How did you get hooked up with the Dick Clark Caravan of Stars? Because that was a big dang deal, right? Well, I've always, uh, I've always thought that you just don't start a rock and roll band in South Dakota and say, I'm going to go to work for Dick Clark. Right. I mean, how are you going to do that? I was extremely blessed and fortunate. Uh, I had good musicians around me right from the start, as I had mentioned. When Buddy Knox first came to town, we were booked on a show with him and his band. And he saw my group, 
And it wasn't very much longer, and he uh, ended up hiring my band for his tours, that he liked it so well. Uh, through him, and by playing throughout the area, got a chance to meet and know Bobby V, mm -hmm. who was from Fargo. Mm -hmm. So Buddy was our first stepping stone, and he didn't like to work all the time. He'd work a few weeks, and then he'd go home and set for a while. Yeah. Uh, Bobby V had seen us, and he liked my band. So when Bobby started getting all these hit records, I mean, one right after the other, uh, he moved to Hollywood, California, and uh, signed a, a contract with Liberty Records. Guess who he calls? He calls me. We toured with him during all those hit years in uh, 62, 63, right in there. Another stepping stone comes along. Bobby V's wife, Karen, was friends with Dick Clark's wife, who was from Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, man. So Dick Clark is talking with Bobby one day, and uh, Bobby was going to headline this big show starting in New York City. And Dick Clark, apparently all the conversation goes is, Bobby, would you happen to know a, a band that could back up these 12 acts that are going to be on that show? Bobby says, I, I sure do. He says, I, I got the band with me right now. Myron Lena Caddies. <laughs> so there he gets me with Dick Clark. I mean, how else are you going to get something like that? That's wild. That's wild. Um, just happenstance and good fortune, right? Right. But you also had to be able to play. Well, I was going to say that. When you, when you get a chance in life, whatever you're doing, when you get an opportunity, when it comes along, you better be prepared to take care of it. And I was fortunate enough to have the guys that could do that. We're talking with Myron Lee of Myron Lee and the Caddies fame, and uh, I call him the godfather of Sioux Falls rock and roll because he is. Um, that The Caravan of Stars lasted, you did that multiple years, right? Did, uh, did a big show in 1963, mm -hmm. and then uh, they called us back. We did another one in 65. Wow. And, of course, then that introduced you to a whole raft of stars at the time. That's just amazing. Well, each one of those shows had uh, 10 or 12 acts on them. And so you were you were working with people like uh, Little Anthony and the Imperials. Yep. And as I mentioned, uh, uh, Bobby V was a headliner. You were working with like Freddie Cannon, mm -hmm. uh, the Ronettes, uh, just uh, Brian Highland. I mean, on and on and on and on. And then in the bigger cities, a lot of times they would add acts, and sure. like a couple times they would add like the Rolling Stones. Really? You would have Paul and Paula. Remember that group? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, everybody that had hits gone, they were on those shows. Yeah, and you have a great story that you've told me about your sax player, Bobby Keys, who went on to great things. So when, was, when, when did you meet Bobby Keys? How did he end up in your band, and what happened to him? Well, uh, as I mentioned, Buddy Knox didn't like to work all the time. Yeah. And after a while, we were working all the time. So Buddy got a different band, and he happened to have... Uh, I called him, we called him Bob Keys then. Yeah, there was another Bob Keys in town who uh, worked for the Argus Leader, but... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sure, I remember him. He lives out on the East Coast yeah, now. He's yeah. my Facebook friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how you keep <laughs> yeah. up these days. But yeah. this is Bobby Keys, the sax player, which is an interesting uh, coincidence. But So uh, he was with Buddy Knox. He was from Texas. And by the way, he's, he's got a great book. He tells his life story. So Bobby, anyway, he yeah, came to Keys, me for yeah. a job. Because Buddy wasn't working a lot. He wanted to work all the time. He knew we were going on a Dick Clark show. So he come and asked me for a job, and I needed two saxophone players, and I only had one. So I hired him, and uh, 
and he worked with us on that 1963 tour, plus the following summer he worked with us all summer when we were with Bobby V. So uh, as years went on, he ended up working with uh, Jimi Hendrix, is who we went with next. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple times we had worked shows with the Rolling Stones. And one of the shows was for a whole week down in San Antonio, Texas. And they they stood every day and watched us do our show. Mm -hmm. And they watched Bob Keys laying on the floor and kicking his legs up in the air. I mean, <laughs> he was a really a wild guy, you know. Yeah. And they never forgot that. And it wasn't just a few years later. Uh, I don't know if Keith Richards decided, decided or Mick Jagger, but they decided to add a horn. Mm -hmm. They remembered this guy. Really? They, they traced him down. And uh, he then became Bobby Keys, not Bob Keys. Oh, I see. With him, thirty years. That's amazing. And and did he didn't he recently pass away? About a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. But he spent the entire rest of his career with the Rolling Stones. Yes, he did. And uh, I used to see their specials. In fact, uh, they had a special seven or eight years ago from Las Vegas, and they always featured Bob. They always give him part of the show. You know. That's pretty cool. Um, we're going to come right back and continue our conversation with Myron Lee of Myron Lee and the Caddies. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. We've gathered today's talkers. Kill Mead, 